0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 269 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Red Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you holding up today, Richard?
1: Uh, as, as well as could be on, like, day 18 billionth of quarantine, but... Uh... <laughs> uh oh, things are going okay oh yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's good and of course content creator extraordinaire crim how you doing how you holding up in the, the coronavirus world
2: i i'm gonna be honest with you outside of like the the like fear of getting sick and all that or whatnot and passing it on it's more of uh the same for me i'm inside anyways all the time because you know my days are usually like ah make content all right finish walk my dog <laughs> go stream like so
0: <laughs> yeah i i kind of noticed that too everyone is like adjusting to quarantine and i'm just like oh this is like another week like i've, I've you know obviously there's a ton of stuff going on in the outside world which is yeah. like crazy and scary and all that not minimizing any of that but for me personally it's like oh, i kind of just doing the same thing that i always do for the most part so <laughs>
2: <Until> <laughs> yeah i'm prepared i guess for <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. I guess that's the the difference this time. I have a fear that I might run out of toilet paper. <laughs>
0: Uh, we already talked about that's what our our bulk comments are for <laughs> I, I, just I, you know, I need to know like can you forest. get any kind
1: of poisoning from like magic
0: cards are they safe <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I wonder if you could they're probably not toxic they I if right they're for should... kids I'm
1: pretty sure kids just eat the cards or something right like
2: I'm uh, sure <laughs> they are pretty toxic have you seen Veil of Summer I've got plenty of those I'm going to be using
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should start a magic card cooking show I, like, I wonder what love recipes that idea. Get. If things got really, really bad, and it's like the zombie apocalypse, and <laughs> what's the best starting way to a YouTube eat your channel. magic cards? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, our topics for today, it's a weird time in the magic world. There's not really tournaments, but we do have some kind of random news. Talk about what's going on in the world of Magic as far as Ikoria releasing and spoilers starting, some teasers from Mark Rosewater, some digital changes with different events uh, coming to Magic Arena in Magic Online, including Magic Fest sort of moving online. So we're going to jump around, cover all that stuff, maybe talk a little bit about what we've been playing in Magic, answer your fish mail. But before we jump into it, a reminder that Our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever struggled trying to sell your magic cards with just all the time and effort it takes to sort them and type them into buy lists and ship them all over the world, Card Conduit's got you covered. It's the easiest way to sell magic cards. And from the folks over at Card Hoarders, they will take in sort grade and sell your cards. And once the shipment is processed, you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee. And right now, you can even get a 10% discount by going to cardconduit.com/slash goldfish. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the podcast today. And let's talk some magic. So what are we starting off with today? Let's uh let's talk about digital changes. I think that is probably the big topic. Like we mentioned it's it's a weird time in magic people can't really play Magic uh, in paper most places. Like, non-essential businesses are literally shut down, and even if it's not shut down where you are, you might not want to go out to a LGS and play an FNM. So what is Wizards doing, Richard, uh, to help kind of give players a place to play Magic during this time?
1: All right, first up, if you are an Arena player, Brawl is free, and they brought back Theros Ranked Draft. So uh, that's in addition to... I forgot what other set is currently, but there's two draft sets going on right now. Uh, so some stuff to tide you over on Magic Arena. And I believe they are releasing more stuff next week or, or this week rather. So keep an eye out for that. And then Magic Fest. Uh, so we, we know Magic Fest and Paper have been canceled. Uh, they're bringing Magic Fest online. Uh, so Channel Fireballs working with wizards to bring Magic Fest online. And basically it's a, uh, an online magic fest, but I, I'm trying to read the details. It's not clear so, what the formats are the, or what exactly okay. it is.
0: It's standard. I, I think, I think so. It's standard and basically so uh, they're calling it magic fest. It's not exactly the same as a magic fest. Basically how it works is every day they have four different qualifiers at different times to try to allow you to play wherever you are in the world at a convenient time. They're $25 to enter one of the qualifiers, you got to go 5-1, and if you go 5-1 in a qualifier, then you advance to a weekly championship, and the weekly championship actually has a pretty big prize pool. $25,000 of cash prizes along with uh, invites to players tour events once things get up and running again in the future, or even a top 32 invitation to the season finals. So, uh, there's pretty big money on the line with these. I'm very curious your thoughts. Like, obviously, more ways to play Magic without leaving your house seems great right now. The thing that jumped out at me, though, was $25 for a qualifier. When you think about Arena... And just my experiences talking to people like on the arena subreddit, I would imagine most players, maybe 80, 90% of arena players probably have not paid $25 for arena period since they started playing it. Do you think there's a market for people to pay $25 to try to go 5-1 in a qualifier? Yes. I think it's there. Yeah.
1: The, the majority yeah. of players will not, right? The majority of players are casual players. But we know there are moto grinders. We know there are people that not only pay $25, they pay $2,500 to go play by flying across the world and getting hotels and stuff like that. So those players will definitely play in these kind of events. So I I don't have a fear of this thing not, you know, quote unquote firing. Uh, But you do raise interesting point for like the casual person that logs in. Plays their tribal deck, does dailies and quits. Like when they see this, what you know, what what is what do they actually see? Do they see like a money grab by wizards? Do they see a high-level tournament and an entry into pro play? Like, it'll be interesting what the optics of this are, because I think this is the first time. We kind of have like a high value or high entry fee event for magic arena players so all the free-to-play players are, are going to see this for the first time
0: yeah this is by far the the highest ev event we've had outside of like mythic invitationals but uh, go ahead Krim.
1: Uh, oh yeah like i mean it's just
2: pretty much i i i my thing is more like i am wondering how like it moving forward it could this be the norm right like could we get more of these? Even well, even once paper events are back, like, I, will we see more of these again? And if so, like, example, like, $25 is not that bad when I'm used to paying, like, $80 to go to, like, play in a main event, right? Of course, I get a promo and a playmat, but you know what? Like, uh, well, I, I guess that'd be pretty cool if they started, like, shipping people promos <laughs> if you paid $25, but... I mean, because I do want that path to exile, but whatever. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> before I go off on that tangent, uh, yeah, like, is this going to be the last we see of something like this online? Because if this does really well, which I hope it does, um, like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to just do this. I mean, don't get me wrong. Going and traveling super far is a thing, but like, I don't know. What if I don't want to travel and I just want to play a, a magic fest from my home? And then what you do is you then turn the actual Magic Fest into, like, a full-on convention.
0: I mean, I think the name Magic Fest is a little deceptive. Like, when I think of Magic Fest, I kind of think of the convention aspect, where you can play side events, you can sit on a back table and play Commander all weekend. This is definitely, like, kind of uh, the arena version of the GP part of the Magic Fest, essentially. It's not... It doesn't encompass all that other stuff, and it has essentially nothing for the casual players which make up a huge part of arena's player base although as we said like brawl being free, there are other things that are kind of catering towards the casual crowd uh, during this time it's going to be really interesting i think my catch with the high price on arena is always the fact that arena doesn't have an economy like 25 dollars is around what you would pay on magic online to uh, play a qualifier but on magic online you get money back in something that actually can be worth more than 25 real dollars. So in a time when I mean, there's lots of layoffs and uh, unemployment is spiking and the economy is in a really weird shape, I'm genuinely curious like how many people are going to have $25 per qualifier to potentially play these multiple times a week. You're, you could be talking $200, $300 a week if you wanted to, you know, play a bunch of qualifiers and really try to get to the weekly finals for the $25,000 prize. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. I do think that wizards would like to see more of that moving forward. And this is, this sounds weird. And I don't think that. It's definitely not how Wizards wanted to get to this point, but I think this is something that Wizards would have liked to see seen anyway, uh, eventually. Even if there was no coronavirus, everything was going normally, I wouldn't be surprised if this was part of Wizards' long-term game plan as far as, like, paper standard play.
1: So to clarify you do win $25,000 if you like somehow like win right like that is the prize pool so you don't need to get tickets or cards like you are basically playing for this cash prize pool what's interesting is these are all in dollars and this is the first time we see dollars in arena like notice it doesn't say 2500 gems <laughs> and you win two hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> gems or whatever, right? Like you that, pay yeah, twenty five dollars and get twenty five thousand uh, dollars. So I don't know what that means for tournaments, like online tournaments that you actually pay this. And like if you're an international player, like what this means, because I'm assuming this is US dollars. But yeah, you're just paying cash and you can win cash, and it's dollars for the first time in Arena, which will be interesting cuz like what do you 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 press sign up and it takes you to the credit card page and you punch in your credit card like i have no idea what this is going to look like
0: uh i yeah. i was I actually think- going to ask that i think it it's just starting today so i haven't actually got to see how you sign up for it uh i'm curious if you do it directly through Arena? I, I assume you would have to since it's like Magic Fest and that's part of the official magic brand. Or if it's something like that you do through channel Fireball, but that is definitely an interesting wrinkle that it's not gems, they're just taking twenty-five actual dollars somewhere. Can I use I, lots I think of gold to answer to you? To sign
1: up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be
2: amazing if you could. Oh my gosh. Uh but but yeah, like I think if you go to the events page of CFB, I think you like submit a deck list there and I think you pay through that website and then i don't know you probably it, it pulls you all together in that that qualifier i guess so oh then you know. somehow
1: that they, they you like, yeah. submit your magic arena name and then they sign you up somehow. yeah
2: because you can see pairings on the thing right because it, it shows your uh like right now if you go there it actually shows everybody that's signed up and you could see like their name plus you know their hashtag yeah i don't know whatever their number is
1: so who is the first streamer to lose in a high-stakes match post on social media and get this removed entirely because that is one issue I do see happening where you're playing for the top prize and then your arena crashes what happens <laughs> because I, that Magic Online never recovered from that remember we used to have large scale events on Magic Online until Kimbler got hit <laughs> and uh, you know
2: and <laughs> they had to and, re- rebuild the tournament right
0: I honestly think the odds of that are higher than happening uh, higher of happening on Arena in its current state than it was on Magic Online when it happened like just my personal experience of playing games have any of you been hit by the concede bug where, if you concede a game at the wrong time, oh, it, can it concedes the match. entire match and yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. you can do about it. Yeah. That's like, could you imagine trying to concede game one of a $25,000 finals <laughs> and it just be like, haha, you lost the match. Congratulations, <laughs> <about> it. <laughs> Your head explodes, literally.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, like there's, there's bugs. Uh, there are some fears that I would have mostly, yeah, like internet, like lagging and dropping out is the big thing. And, I don't know like all the misclicking from like where your client just like having like just like slowing down after uh, an amount of time right I mean I'm just gonna if I'm if I'm playing this event I'm literally resetting every round you restart your computer
1: after every game
0: (laughs) yep buy buy a new computer (laughs) for every match
2: (laughs) I mean like I would be so afraid of that though right like like what if it like crashes and then like I, I time out at a random spot because of it who knows right but
0: we'll see. So uh, about these tournaments, what do you think of the setup of arena tournaments? Because they're definitely different than paper tournaments. And at first I thought maybe it was just like they don't have the tournament structure to do traditional tournaments on arena, which is true. But the more that we see, like, I kind of wonder if the like you got to go X and one or X and O or X and two uh, like maybe that's the long-term game plan for arena. Maybe that's not just like, Oh, our client isn't to the place where it can hold traditional tournaments. Maybe that's actually the, the goal of the arena tournaments. What do you think of that style compared to the paper style where, you know, you have the Swiss standings and tiebreakers and all that stuff.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I like it. It's pretty, (laughs) it's pretty great. Uh, and on top of that, it's only what it's, you have to go five, five, one, right? So that's six rounds. Like that's so much better than like when I I remember like playing a GP and then I'd have to play like I I day tuned and I, I was doing well and then I just lose the next like four rounds and so I spent two days <laughs> yeah. for well, like thirty dollars the, <laughs> the,
0: the six rounds though that's just a qualifier to get you to the two day event on the weekend like if you do go five one your but prize is you qualify for a two day tournament that weekend like you but
2: could it's spread finished. out at
1: home right yeah you you can finish five one in like an hour if you're playing like a fast deck whereas if we play swiss pairings that's minimum six hours if not seven right because you have to wait for everyone else to finish so i i do like this new structure more uh whether that cutoff is reasonable or not i don't know but i i remember like the reason i did not ever play um, the magic online events because I didn't want to wake up at like 3am in the morning and then for the next 12 hours of my life, like trying to grind through uh, or you know magic fests themselves, like Grand Prix where you know every round takes an hour and 10 minutes or something. So it just takes forever to finish matches. But here you can just play five things. Uh, if you, if you did well, then you wait for the next part of the tournament, which I assume will be Swiss, but, uh, it lets you kind of blaze through the, the earlier matches a lot faster.
2: And you don't get yelled at for being on your phone, even though it's comp (laughs) Ariel. And on top of that, I can have lunch while (laughs) playing and not worry about spilling it all over my cards.
0: I mean, you do need a pretty, a pretty high win percentage to spike a qualifier. Like five and one, you're looking at what, like 85 ish percent win rate. I mean, I guess the good news is if you have unlimited resources, there's four qualifiers a day. You can just keep keep...
1: re-entering qualifiers?
0: They're set at four different times each day. So I guess that would be 20 throughout the week. So in theory, like if you lose a hundred dollars a day, you can just wait till the next one and do the next one. And sooner or later, if you spend enough money, you should go five, one just by law of it. Like all your opponents will mold a four, one, (laughs) one time and you got there. So, so you can kind of brute force your way through, but 85% is a pretty, a pretty high win percentage. So if you're just like a, a casual player, a semi-competitive player, would you recommend them playing that I like mean- is is this for the spikiest of the spikes? Uh, the the MPL players, the people that have a legit shot of, like, top-eating GPs? Or do you think this is something for the random, like, oh, I made it to platinum-type player on Magic Arena? Or are they just, like, flushing $25 down the toilet repeatedly as they get stomped by mythic top-hundred players, uh, MPL players? Even if you are good, you're dollars flushing $25
1: shot. down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> even LSV is probably flushing $25 down the toilet, but it's not that... Okay. A Magic Online League, if you 5-0 a Magic Online League, this is a 5-1, right? So it's not easy to 5-0 a league, but it's not, like, impossible either, right? Like, if you are a spiky player. Uh, If you are you know not a spike like if your deck is not a hundred percent the way you want it like if you're like oh i'm missing this mythic i'll just sub it with this other rare like that's this is not the event for you right but if you are like a spike and you play at grand prix and things like that a 5-1 is not that unreasonable like you could do it now you won't be able to do it every single time but that's not like that far-fetched right like a 4-1 I- in a league is not unreasonable he's <laughs> gotta like get one more lucky game in like it's not that hard <laughs>
2: I, I, I find the, this easier for the person that is like i or if you had to compare this between like you know this structure and like the normal like magic fest paper structure i find this a little bit easier i mean what, what you're going you have to go x2 to make it into day two right so that's like eight nine rounds i yeah. believe so like i feel like this is easier and at the comfort of your own home and on top of that like It's, it's, you have four shots if you really want to keep pushing, right? If not, you get, it's like 25 bucks. It's like I played a side event.
0: I think, uh, I think the win percentage is somewhat higher than going like X2, like six and two or whatever in an eight round. Like that's like 75%. This is like 84-ish percent. So it's a little bit higher. I think the other thing is with the moto comparison, one of the nice things about moto leagues is, If you go three two, you technically come out ahead. You get your money back plus you get a treasure chest, which is worth two or three dollars. So you're technically profiting at three two. When I I believe with this, you basically go five one and get something, or you go four two and you get nothing. Like there there, it's twenty all or nothing. I'm pretty sure that's true.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure the EV of this thing is super negative, but like like I said, if you're a competitive player, <laughs> yeah, most like if like, like someone actually calculated their actual Grand Prix spendings versus how much they earned and like what that is, when you factor in hotels, flights and all that, I'm pretty sure it's super negative. So it's really like you're a competitive player. You want to play with the best of the best. You want to test yourself. Here we go. Right. Rather than like. I have $25. What is the best use of it? It is definitely not <laughs> playing in a magic fest, right? It's, uh, something else. I guess right? you, got, you've you saved save money, money for toilet
0: paper. Well, yes. <laughs> you that. One whole roll.
2: <laughs> you have saved money though. Cause now for those that would have traveled afar and for lodging and all that, they don't got to do that. It's just, let's just say a hundred bucks. You only pay for the entry problem solved of the, the GP event.
0: So, it's- so Grim, are you going to grind these? Are you going to try to qualify for, for the weekly events?
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I can see me potentially doing one, maybe as like a a stream kind of content thing, but like I can't see me doing all four of them every day. Like uh, I, you know, is it
0: all because you would have to play standard four times a day?
2: <laughs> I, I, it's partially that, <laughs> but <laughs> like if I this think, if
0: this were like pioneer,
2: I would, I would, I would do it easily. Yeah, pioneer. Um, if it were modern, sure. E- like, I don't know how you would do it, but if it were EDH, sure, why not, right? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I wonder if they would consider that. Like, if this is something that's going to be ongoing for months, maybe? I wonder if there would be, like, a historic week or something. Like, that could be interesting I would love or even Brawl.
2: I, sure, yeah. Like, I just – right now, I think, like, if, if it weren't – let's just say, it, like, uh, it weren't uh, this format. If it were just even my favorite formats – um, if it were my favorite formats, I, would, I, I guess I would play a little bit more. I'd play a little bit more. I'd try like two, but even then I, I wouldn't go like hard, right? I wouldn't go all four event uh, or for all four flights every day.
0: Yeah. I mean, that would, that would be a hundred dollars a day. That would really add up. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> now quickly. more
2: expensive. Than, than, I mean, Hopefully
0: yeah. you're, you're spiking one before that, before you have to play all 20 in a week or something. Like in theory, hopefully you do. The other important part of this announcement is, uh, there's coverage of these. Channel Fireball is actually going super hard with coverage. If I'm understanding it right, they're trying to go basically like 24 seven where there's four flights a day and they're going to be covering all of them. So there's just going to be like this <laughs> constant CFB stream of covering, uh, these qualifiers and then the weekend events. The coverage itself is not what you would expect from, like, a Mythic Championship or something, because we don't have uh, spectator mode or any real infrastructure to support this on Arena. Still, not Arena, yet. you should probably fix that. Uh, but it is interesting, I guess. Uh, we'll see. Do you think this will be a high-viewer thing, or is this just going to be another stream, essentially? I feel the
1: finals uh, could be high-viewers, but if they're streaming, like, literally every single flight for like 24 hours like it's just like way too much magic right like i i don't know right but maybe because everyone's at home doing nothing and watching twitch maybe it gets high viewerships but i i feel that it'll be too watered down because it's just going on for literally forever but i feel once we get to the finals maybe people will start tuning in and watch it with more focus
0: and i believe that they just asked as many people as possible to stream and they were just gonna kind of like pick up random streams who are streaming the event and that's like the coverage quote unquote with someone common uh doing commentary so it's not like they can have feature matches or pick oh this is a cool deck versus a cool deck it's like oh someone uh, you know is streaming the event we'll pull up their stream and talk over it
1: let's talk about competitive integrity for a second here would you guys be streaming this if you were playing seriously
2: uh, at this point, if I were worried about stream sniping, I wouldn't be streaming. <laughs> so
1: I uh, guess like when you're streaming for free, but if you are but, trying to get into this $25,000 prize pool.
2: Yeah, it, it sucks and it shouldn't happen, but I think I've gotten used to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Would you, is that I, a bad thing?
2: Is that a bad thing that I've gotten used to? Maybe or, but like, I don't, I don't know. If I'm streaming this and you know, I, you, you're just hoping like that everybody it has competitive integrity. Like, I mean, that they oh. are. I mean, that's all you can do, really, right? There's
0: actually, there's actually a, I don't agree with the argument, but there (laughs) is actually an argument over the stream sniping thing that if there's $25,000 on the line and it's not against the rules to stream snipe, that it's actually the right thing to do to stream snipe. That That's actually (sighs) the most moral thing that you can do. That is the
1: spike tournament, right? Like
0: There there are people coming from that perspective where it's not even, they don't, it's not even something that they consider to be wrong they consider it the correct thing to do because the goal is to win $25,000 it's not against the rules so if I can see your hand that's the that's the right choice
2: I mean don't get me wrong I've definitely I've had people come into my chat talk to me while we're playing and like hey why do you have that in your hand I'm like why are you in my chat right like you know what I mean like and I'm just like okay and, and like I don't even know like you're like because they're so oblivious to it it's like do I even ban you like you know what I mean
1: like I mean I think they're just like, doing it for attention right but I, I feel like it's the same people that would rules lawyer right like rules lawyering technically legal right Uh actually right? It's like very legal like there's no technicality about it right but like as a competitor you may find it scummy or not but it is an angle to gain an edge right and I feel stream sniping's the same way, right? Scummy, but I mean, if you're gonna open yourself up to be taken advantage of, and my goal is to win twenty five thousand dollars, like I, you know, people are gonna do it, and yeah, oh yeah, I, people stream snipe for a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about this, and that's not even counting like the the other kind of cheating where like. I'm playing and I'm like, uh, Krim, do you wanna watch over my shoulder and tell me you oh I'm my about gosh. to punt? <laughs> <laughs> Is the com- is the combat math correct here, right? Like there's all kinds <laughs> or account sharing, right? Like, hey LSV, would you like to play on my account for top eight? And we'll split the prize pool, right? Like there's all kinds <laughs> of shady things that can go on. Um but I mean, stream sniping is one of the easier things to fix. I don't know about the other things by adding a delay, but that would require like an actual spectator mode, which we don't have, right? So. Well, you set it on your stream, right? Your stream is on a delay.
2: So everything general
0: that you If it's on a delay, then how are you going to Spectate it. Is, is uh, <laughs> yeah, wait. it's also true. But I think the general consensus seems to be of magic streamers that delays are super bad for your stream. Yeah. And that's been in my experience as well. So They are. I I haven't seen it with $25,000 on the line, but I know most people in tournaments that I've been involved with, even like $5,000 being on the line, uh it's pretty much unanimous that everyone chooses to not delay the stream just for the sake of the viewers and making a good experience.
2: Yeah, like I mean like when we like example like Twitch Rivals, right? Like everyone's just like whatever, we're not we're not like it's really bad to do it with the delay.
1: Yeah, that's because you're it's- all like big name streamers? And, like, just just for your brand, you would never stream snipe, right? It was, like, the death of your brand and your channel if, like, that was ever found out, right? But when you're getting people that are not streamers playing these tournaments, right, it's, like, a different ballpark right like they're not they're not trying to show people a good time and things like that they're trying to win so yeah the the bar is kind of different
0: definitely (laughs) the correct ev thing is to not stream (laughs) like if your goal is twenty-five thousand dollars, you you're gonna get more percentage points by just not streaming at all but then that works against the whole idea of coverage of this event at the same time which kind of complicates the coverage plan if if the correct thing to do is not stream but you really need everyone to stream for coverage it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out
2: yeah. on the brighter side you don't have to worry about somebody keeping like I don't know an additional ley line
1: of the Void in their
2: lap and like trying to like put that in their <laughs> that hand is right? that is true
1: that is true like
2: this is all digital so I do like that right oh, th-
1: this just reminds me of like when Hearthstone first came out and they had digital tournaments and then on Reddit you would have these threads of like it's like some streamer and then they enhance the glasses and then like they filter <laughs> the reflection and they're like look he's stream sniping on the other monitor you can see the reflection like <laughs> enhance <laughs> uh, But you're right, right no, so no cheating no no adding yeah, additional cards from your lap no stacking your deck no
2: Yeah <laughs> I don't have to cut your deck oh this is a problem because like a, a few months back, like I'd go to FM or whatever. I'd go to these paper events and, and people would present their deck and I would just stare at them and I'm like, Oh, right. You want me to cut your deck? Sorry. <laughs> my bad. I'm like, what? Like I was getting nervous because people were just staring at me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I'm like, Uh, hi. <laughs> so let's move on from Arena a little bit and talk about kind of why all of this is happening, uh, which is. Paper Magic is not happening right now. Uh, essentially, se- many states and countries are essentially locked down. People aren't going out. Local game stores are closed or closing. What do you think this means? We have a set release that is scheduled well, spoilers are scheduled to start next week uh, on Thursday, I believe, April 2nd, and then the set is supposed to pre-release April 17th, I believe, a couple weeks after that. Do you think there's any chance that that release schedule is going to change uh for paper or for, I mean, I imagine they can't change it for digital. I imagine if anything, I, they would want to have it up on digital today yeah. while everyone's like stuck at home. But uh, what do you think about paper magic right now? And the release of Icoria?
2: paper magic is just up in the air right now. Like it's so, I I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those. I, I can't even like, I don't think they should put it out. Right. Like I think they should, delay it
1: but at the same time they shouldn't delay it
2: it's weird yeah i don't know how to describe. so like pre-release
1: it's, is definitely canceled right like i, I don't expect like, yeah, anyone like, to go to their lgs in three weeks I hope time they don't. or whatever to, to play <laughs> so that i think they, those release events are definitely canceled would they move the paper release because they could just release it you order online Hmm, wait a minute. So, if you order online, (laughs) it's not coming from your LGS, right? So, it's like a double death knell to your LGS, right? But, like, you could theoretically get the product in your hands, play it at home by yourself. Okay, I see all the flaws to my (laughs) argument. Yeah, like, just I would play digitally, right? Yeah. So, like, (laughs) if they push that back, like, one, like, it's just going to push everything back, right? Like, I don't know how you would ever recover from that because. It's not like there's a date where we could declare COVID 19 completed, right? Like, it's, it's like an ongoing situation. So, do you push back the set after that? Do you like triple release three standard sets in a row or something like six months oh. down the line? Like, it's the totally a bomb of releases. <laughs> it's totally unknown. <laughs> yeah. So, that's why I think they're just going to stick with the schedule and then. LGS like, just get hit super hard as everyone just buys from Amazon now because that's the only thing open. Like, I don't know. Honestly, digital is just... I, like, digital is fine, right? So, uh,
2: I think, yeah, the... Pay- I think they're just going to have to bite the bull on this and just accept that the paper sales are going to completely tank for this, right? Like, I mean, how, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, don't, I don't see a situation unless everything gets resolved before the pre-release.
0: Which, I mean, that uh, seems exceedingly unlikely considering it's less than a month away at this point like and so people are I, I'm,
2: still going outside and partying
0: yeah, on beaches yeah. which is why it's going to last forever right? yeah. like <laughs> unfortunately yeah i mean but then we have we also have like challenger decks released before that we have Corset 2020 which is only a couple of months after that i don't know what's <laughs> going to happen with all that like I don't know. Like, does this, like, hasten everything just going digital? Is there a chance that Paper Magic just, like, goes away for the most part and everything goes towards digital because of this? The The other concern is, we talked about this a little last week, I think we're going to see mass closures of local game stores. Like, local game stores are not huge businesses with a ton of money in reserve that can afford to close down for a month, two months, three months, however long it ends up being, and then just get back into it. I I don't even know what the Paper Magic system is going to look like because I don't know how many of those game stores are going to exist when this is over.
2: I think Paper Magic will just, uh, I'm not like, this is going to sound crazy to some, but I think Paper Magic will just become EDH and that's it. Like, that's all that there will be. I At some point, I, I think that's just the way it's going to go. And then all the things like you have standard, modern, pioneer, all that goes on to digital. Then they have they, they go all in on their digital clients for competitive play. And then the only people that buy paper will be the collectors, EDH players, stuff like that.
1: Uh, I feel maybe that's too extreme. I feel it paper what? would get smaller. But I, I do feel like... So the stores that are struggling will probably just go away but like at some point they're going to rise from the ashes like some of them and there are going to be stores that you want to hang out in right like stores where you can go grab food play other games uh, you know like just like a general hangout place Uh, like kind of like how we have arcades today like in like Dave and Busters and things like that versus 20 years ago where we had like you know every mall had an arcade they'll consolidate into some kind of like experience place where you come and play you know with your friends or you come and just hang out so i feel like paper magic will always exist but i think crim is right in the sense that you're not gonna have like everyone will by default own a paper standard deck uh, i think a lot of people will just play that digitally uh, you may own a legacy deck a modern deck edh decks things like that but I mean, if we say all these other formats go digital, why does EDH not go digital, right? Like, I don't know why there's this just random line here versus casual and competitive. <laughs> like, if everything else is going digital, like, why could EDH not go digital? So
0: I feel like because there's like a lot EDH of collectors.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't think they're going to stop making paper. Yeah, yeah they, I don't I think, think they'll stop making if they went. It completely digital as far as tournament play, I think you can still go buy booster boxes and still, like, they make so much money off that. Like, I, I think we forget, like, I don't even know if Arena makes a profit, period, when you consider all the costs at this point. Like, I don't know if it's actually actually making any money. And then you have Secret Lair, where they make millions of dollars in a single day. So I can't imagine that they actually are going to stop printing cards and paper at this point, or any time in the near future. Yeah. But I do think tournament play... Uh, could shift more heavily towards digital or maybe even be exclusively to digital. As far as EDH, I think part of the, the heart of the format is the interpersonal interaction. Like if if you want to. It's a board game. I don't, it's a four player game normally. Uh, It's about the gathering and getting together with your friends and hanging out. And magic is just kind of, uh, the facilitator of, you know, a night out with your friends type of thing. So I feel like. It wouldn't work the same in digital, which is maybe why the line is drawn there. The other thing to consider here is I almost think this is what wizards wants. You mentioned like certain really good game stores surviving this and thriving uh, after we get out of this, but we kind of already seen that. If you look at like the premium program, which already kind of seemed designed to focus uh, most of wizards support to the really good game stores, essentially, the premium game stores, while the other, like, small game stores that are, you know, gonna struggle most during this time aren't getting as much of support. So I almost feel like that's what Wizards wanted, was to call the number of local game stores and get rid of a lot of problems when you hear about problems at local game stores it's not the the car kingdoms and channel fireballs and cool stuff incs and those type of places but when you see the reddit posts of oh, bad things going on or whatever or offensive stuff it, it sometimes that's a little like small hole in the wall game shops that people don't necessarily want to go into, I almost feel like this is part of Wizards' plan. Obviously, this isn't how they wanted to get there. The plan wasn't to have coronavirus be this huge issue, but I kind of feel like this is the direction Wizards wanted Paper Magic to go anyway, where instead of a million small local game stores, they have 100,000 uh, these numbers are way off, but like a much smaller number of really high-quality local game stores.
1: Alright, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that in a less sinister <laughs> way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Wizards doesn't
1: want to prop up game stores, right? Like, they don't want to like have to keep giving them handouts in the sense of like, uh, you know, promos, special items, or stuff like that. Like, I don't think they want to do that. They want stores to kind of stand up on their own merit and to kind of be partners with Wizards, as opposed to Wizards kind of like feeding them promos to keep people coming to their stores. So, in that sense, they want the stores to kind of go above and beyond. Uh, and create like this environment that people want to go to whether or not Wizards is there or not uh, and that just naturally makes kind of like the small game stores with like maybe just me and you open a game store and every week our four buddies come over and like that's it those stores will find it hard to survive whereas the big stores that are really focusing on getting new customers getting more people into magic things like that they'll thrive so I think that's where Wizards wants to go uh, but I still think A lot of magic, like, there are only so many card kingdoms and channel fireballs in the world, right? Like, unless you live in a major metro area, like, you cannot get to that store to play, right? So like, if you live somewhere with a smaller population, like, how do you play magic at all, right? It has to be these small uh, mom and pop shops, right? So I do think Wizards actually, if they want paper magic to survive, they need to actually help these stores because, you know, I'm not going to drive like two hours to the largest metro nearby just to play Magic, right? I'm just going to drive five minutes down the street. And if that store closes, then I don't play Paper Magic, right? Maybe I play digital Magic or maybe I don't play Magic at all. So I, I do think you do need the little stores just to make it easy for people to play Magic. And then if they go, people just won't play Magic.
0: I mean, I know for me where I live, if it was only premium stores... I wouldn't have a local game store I could go to if I wanted to. Like, it's already pretty scattered in a semi-small-town like rural area, uh, but it would be hours to get to a premium store from here. So if all those small shops did close down, uh, I wouldn't have any place to go at all for stuff like that. And... Oh, I don't know. And then you have the other layer over this whole thing of, are people even going to have money for Magic in the short term? Like, even if they do just release Ikoria and Challenger decks and at 2020, if everyone's or a lot of people are, you know, uh losing hours, losing jobs, getting laid off, having to deal with all this other stuff, are people even going to have money to buy that? Like, it seems like Magic it would be on on the list of stuff you would cut from your budget if you had to. Like as much as people love magic, if you're choosing between, you know, paying the rent and buying a booster box of Ikoria, most people are probably going to choose to pay their rent and like rightly so. So I think that's the other factor that's over all this. What do you think about Ikoria? Let's assume that it just releases normally. I expect it's going to be very undersold compared to other recent sets. Do you think that creates an opportunity for people that do have disposable income like because the supply is going to be lower do you think we're going to end up a year from now seeing <laughs> mythics from ikoria be ridiculously expensive because they weren't sold when the set released and all this stuff was going on
2: i mean we've seen like sets that happen to sets where like they just weren't opened. you know what i mean like they, they weren't popular and mythics from there like skyrocketed but yeah. so like i i could definitely see that kind of situation happening I mean, what what is it like? Fate Reforged, right? Like, I mean, Fate Reforged was a uh, not that crazy opened, and like Monastery Mentor and Ugin are like crazy pricey.
0: Yeah, Voice of Resurgence was like super expensive before it got reprinted because yeah. Dragon's, yeah, Dragon's Maze, Maze was like a pretty horrible, horrible set that no one wanted to buy. So, yeah, it's it's too it, FDG it's finance for me. topic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, the, the correct call would be to like not buy it on release, but to buy it like basically the week before you think it will recover and go up right but you're basically banking on a couple things like the whole economy recovering right and (laughs) at which point like are there better things to be doing with your money right like the stock market is sitting there at an all-time low or whatever so too mtg finance for me but here's the other question a lot of uh, things, and by a lot of things, I mean movies, have pushed up their release date, right? So I believe Onward, uh, yeah, is in getting theaters. It's, you can watch it on Amazon Prime video right now. So something that was in theaters is now available for digital streaming. So they've moved up the release date. Any chance Icoria gets pushed closer to us so that maybe next week we're playing Icoria on Magic Arena? I would love that i would absolutely love that but then the
2: issue with that is you have to assume that there's like you know stuff for like content creators and whatnot they're all their promotional work that they like put time and money into like the company and like all these people i don't think they will i think they'll keep it on track they, they may not push it back but i think they'll keep it just to its regular release
0: I think no spoiler season, just dumping Ikoria like next Monday uh, or whatever, next Thursday when spoilers are supposed to start onto arena would be amazing. That would be so cool. Could you imagine like not having time to prepare and just all of a sudden be like, Hey, here's 250 new cards. Have fun. Like figure this out. You don't have two weeks to go over spoilers and start building test decks. You're just like dumping it all out there. I think that would be. I think that would be amazingly fun. And yeah. that w- I would give yeah. up my spoiler cards in a second As just I. to experience yeah. that one time. Like, I think that would just be such a cool and unique experience. Okay. Yeah.
1: Do, do you think Wizards will do anything above and beyond normal Ikoria, whether it's normal release or earlier? Like, for example, free standard or free drafts or anything like that where you have access to the whole card pool? Like, any special things on top of normal Ikoria?
0: I know they've mentioned some events like that that are going to be... I think they're, like, weekly events. And one of them was, like, you get the whole card pool. You don't get to keep the cards, obviously, but you can play in the event. You can build as many decks as you want. So I know that they're doing some things like that, but... I'm guessing that they'll be temporary things uh and not things that actually shift the economy. I don't think they're going to be like, "Hey, everyone gets all the cards in Ikoria for free forever." But they will do things like, "Hey, for this week, we're going to give you all the cards I- in Standard or in Historic and you can have fun with them for the week." Uh all right, any other any other thoughts on this or should we answer some fish mail? I think I think we covered most of uh most of our topics for today. Our our small slice of topics that we actually had in this crazy Magic world. <laughs>
1: oh uh, yeah alright let's move on to fishmail. so if you have questions send them to at Goldfish on twitter with the hashtag #mdgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air Troy Foreman 11 had an idea for a cool secret lair product legendary cosplayers where wizards uses the awesome cosplayers in the MDG community as art on cards what would your thoughts about a product like that be?
2: oh that'd be pretty cool it's almost like an, an invitational card like you'll get like a goat Gobert Hicks, and all of that, and Tappy as, like, Joyer or something, that'd be pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that would... uh That could be a cool product. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing is maybe... I wonder... I Wait. wonder how many casual players kind of just miss it. Like, I wonder how enfranchised in Magic you have to be to even know, like, who the cosplayers are. So I wonder if it would... Sell enough if enough people are familiar with like the cosplay community that aren't like regular magic fest attendees and whatnot.
2: Like, we're talking like art. Like, are we talking like a live action kind of just like picture or something printed on the card? Or
0: are we talking like the uh, artist? I was will, assuming it would be art, like a rend, like, rendi- like an artist rendition of a cosplayer as a character, okay. not just like a picture. I think a picture would be very weird. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah. If, it, if it's an artist rendition, but like, you know, like, and whatnot but like the person captures all the like features facial features and whatnot like an invitational card and whatnot i i, I don't know i mean i think it'd still be fine like right because like i'm sure people don't know example like they they have the shadow mage infiltrator with john finkel on there right and to them they just want it but i guess i don't know that yeah i don't know i i think that'd be fine i'd be pretty
0: cool
1: yeah i i think it would be Cool, But I, I would want to see more invitational cards first. I'd rather see um, other people enshrined in magic cards first. Like, we don't have Apollo card or we don't have an LSB card. Um, so I don't know. Like, maybe just start inserting Hall of Famers into cards. Uh, but it would be a cool promo. Uh, like, at a Magic Fest would actually be pretty cool. If you go to Magic Fest, you get a cosplayer card. They're there. They actually sign it for you. Uh, so like a super limited rather than like a kind of like a widespread product.
0: Yeah, it can be sweet.
1: Uh, Coral, a few years ago, you said you could buy a modern deck, which were expensive even back then, and it would be good for years. After the rise of cards from MH and the banning of staples like Mox Opal and looting, I'm not sure that's true.
2: Well, I play fair cards, <laughs> um, so I have not had anything banned or anything remotely to be worried about. Actually, I've had things unbanned. Like, Jace. So, I don't know. I I guess it comes down to your play style, right? Like, what kind of decks you like playing. If you gravitate towards the more powerful things, there's a chance, right? Like, I'm talking, like, really powerful things. Like, Mox Opal should have been gone a long time ago.
0: Like, I... I Hmm. So there still are some decks that have been around forever. With Jund being, like, one of the big ones, that's a top-tier deck still, and it's been around since the beginning. Tron is still there. Dredge, Humans, Burn. So there are some decks that are still there, but I do agree with the question that things have changed to some extent because Wizards has made it explicitly clear that they are printing cards intentionally to shake up formats like Modern when they yeah. weren't doing that a few years ago. Like, the goal for Wizards is to print cards that shake up Modern in Standard sets, obviously in like Modern Horizon sets, so I do think that it is much less like that than it was five years ago or something, just because Wizards has changed their philosophy on how they print cards, when before we would get maybe <laughs> no impactful cards for Modern in some sets, maybe one or two that were like, oh, maybe this shows up in the sideboard, and now we're getting Okos every and Uros and Once Upon a Times every single set, and I expect we'll get another Modern Horizons again, which completely shook up the format.
1: Yeah, yeah. I-, I think... A modern deck has a shelf life of, like, one to two years. Uh The only thing that's safe in my mind are the lands. So, like, fetch lands and shock lands. Everything else is subject to power creep. And midrange. Or ba- and no, mid-range. midrange is the most terrible thing. Remember, guys? <laughs> I had Jund. I'm like, oh, let's upgrade it for Magic Fest Vegas. That's just a cool $600, <laughs> right? Because when you play midrange, you're playing a pile of the best cards. And... The best oh, cards change with power creep.
0: Uh, I don't know, Richard. Even basic lands got power creeped with Modern Horizons. Like snow now, covered. now it's all snow covered. Like yeah, you know, your basic lands aren't safe.
1: So I, I think. I mean, one to two years. Like I, I don't think. Like, your deck could be good, it could get hit with a banning, it could be just replaced by a better version of your deck, or your deck is still around, but there are, like, key upgrades. Like, say you owned Tron, well, when Ulamog was printed, you gotta go buy all the Ulamogs, right? Like, you gotta go buy all these cards, and it's another couple hundred dollars, and it just keeps kind of going, so... The idea of just owning a deck and never changing it and playing it forever, I think, is uh not... Not realistic, unless like you don't care how deck, how, how good your deck is. Like you could theoretically play like a merfolk deck from like five years ago and still be the exact same, but it's not the optimal version of the deck, right?
0: Interestingly, I feel like the same thing happened to legacy and yep. legacy was even more like that than modern was where legacy new cards hardly ever broke into it to the point where we wouldn't even do like top 10 legacy videos for set releases. Cause the answer is just like, no, like legacy is too good. <laughs> these cards are too bad. None of them are going to work there. But if you look at legacy right now, snow decks are at the top of the meta underworld uh, breach was at the top of the meta before it got banned. So even legacy is going through the same thing where you're spending three thousand, four thousand and $5,000 on a deck, and it's definitely possible that it just gets, uh, you know, power crept out of the format in a year or two. The yeah. only safe I mean, the, format like, like is Richard old school. Said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like like uh, Richard Popper. said, lands. Popper's like, good. lands are good. Like, lands are the, the things that you can usually play and move around. Like, I mean, even even like Control Decks got things along the way, right? Like Force Negation, to ferry, all this other stuff. So, like, you did have to buy new cards anyways, but the land stayed the same.
1: Unless, like Seth said, there's snow-covered lands.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, not the basic Imagine you lands. bought Raging Ravine
1: when it was like a billion dollars. right? And then they printed it Field of Ruin. And you're like, no, no, Wizards, why?
2: <laughs> so I guess that puts it down to shocks and fetches. Shocks, <laughs> shocks and fetches. Shocks that's fetches. That's all you
1: need to own. That's all you need to Remember own. Remember when people played Tech Edge? Like, oh, boy. Look oh, boy, that I was. did, right? All right. 11 Vicious. White caster mage, one white, flash one two. If an opponent would draw a card this phase, you draw a card and your opponent skips that draw unless they pay two.
2: Hmm, so so it blanks a draw,
1: it's it blanks, it's like the cat <laughs> except it blanks any draw, right? Including you can blank the their draw, draw phase if turn. you wanted to or make them pay two mana.
0: I kind of feel like blinking the draw step is is rough, I think that might be too much, <laughs>
2: but. It, like, yeah, like, see, it's weird. Like, the early game, that card is like absolutely bonkers, right? <laughs> yeah, if, you,
1: if you're on the play, turn two, <laughs> you yeah. just take their card and you get a card and get a one-two like, on top of it.
2: Turn 13, they're like, okay, yeah, I pay two mana. So, they sphinx is
1: rev I mean. for the maximum amount?
2: <laughs> oh, that would be, okay, that would be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think that card would be pretty strong. I think that card would be pretty strong.
1: It's, it's also a two-mana, one-two, though. Hmm.
2: It's not a 2 1. It's not as fast so of clock as a block as Snapcaster.
0: That, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I think this might actually I be a I, I think know. you gotta exclude the draw step. Yeah, if, no, if you I exclude don't...
1: the draw step, it's like too conditional. It needs to be like a 3 1 or something. It needs to be stronger. Hmm.
2: Huh. Because but it doesn't... includes the draw step, that's why I think it's absolutely bonkers. And it's not legendary, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay i gotta make sure because like because like, like i can see them like haha we almost gave white a really good card but we made it legendary too by
1: the way i actually think this is actually a pretty close attempt although i i just don't like white raw drawing cards like we already have enough colors that just straight up draw cards it, it needs to be sure, something that gives you card advantage like, without actually just drawing cards
2: no no no. it should be like you could they could pay two or you gain three life right because
0: like, <laughs> three life is a card <laughs> I think you pay to fizzle your three life. Game. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good card.
1: <laughs> All right, only for contact. Everyone goes on about wanting to draw cards in Commander Clash. What are your favorite one-time card draw spells? What about repeatable effects?
2: Uh, I think I think my favorite one-time draw spell is Decree of Pain. Oh,
1: that's a good one.
0: Mm. Yeah, that, that I played Decree in a lot of decks too. I I would probably say for one time. Probably mold drifter because it works with all my <laughs> Panemonica <laughs> shenanigans. It's hard. It's hard to pass Not off a cloud that triggers with Panemonica.
2: Not cloud blazer. I feel like I've seen you play more cloud blazers, and maybe it's because <laughs> of Vegas. But like, I feel like you you played so much cloud blazer and it's gained you <laughs> I, so much life and drawn you so many cards
0: i play a lot of cl- i play them both like if i'm in a Panharmonicon deck they're both in there somewhere so yeah those are those are really good repeatable i like frexine arena a lot i think that might be i don't play Ristic study much because it's annoying on on magic online so i just don't like how it interacts or i would play it more often but frexine arena i really like is a repeatable card draw
2: yeah i i think arena is a good one it's cheap uh you know it's at the cost of only one life when you're at 40 i i'm a fan of that it's either that or or like uh i don't know, I, I still do love like sphinx's red but that's not repeatable so but i blue Green. sun zenith is <laughs>
0: oh blue sun i guess Just blue sun is like sort of repeatable draw
1: your whole deck so that you can draw back the blue sun <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh what what's the black one uh, the pay five life, draw five cards, Ooh. entwine, um, make a demon, power, promise of power. Promise power like That's that? my yeah, favorite. There. I always play that.
2: That card is sweet.
1: Uh, Snare Johnson six six four. I know Seth says there are too many full art lands, but Krim, how much would you pay for Teen Anime Jace Islands?
2: <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> An anime island?
1: <laughs> teen Anime Jace Islands. Jace as an edgy teenager
2: <laughs> on an on an island <laughs> in anime form did i that that is priceless there is no money that could be paid for that that is too good
1: <laughs> do, do you alter any <laughs> and of your cards? Do, do you have like anime jace drawn onto an island somewhere if not
2: no should. no no i like oh wait hold on we're talking about regular like normal anime animation drawn on there right because like I know that you go into the weird parts of the internet so like I'm like I'm talking about regular <laughs> regular Jace <laughs> just being a chill dude on an island I anime mean, form you can I remember would, I would this question
1: that. says teen anime <laughs> Jace it's Does that so have a
2: special meaning I, that I don't know of <laughs> I, I don't see that's the thing like is there a special meaning and I don't know it either because the way I'm reading it is just a regular Jace and that's what I want a regular Jace drawn on an island I, I think uh, anime like, style
1: weeb Jace on, on an island. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And the island is white-bordered. The <laughs> island is white-bordered. If it were my ideal land, it would be white-bordered.
1: Like oh. I know
2: that we like we trolled like like Andrew a uh MTG Mudsta on on Commander Clash with it. like his disdain for white-bordered cards. But I actually love white-bordered cards. So
1: he actually has a white-bordered Snapcaster Mage.
2: <laughs> I boy do I. And Teferi, hero of Dominaria. I can't
1: believe he spent the time to take an eraser and <laughs> deface <laughs> I, a Snapcaster I, mage. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, you just go to Staples and you sit there and you just you just scrub. <laughs> you buy a magic
1: rub and you just scrub. <laughs> Alright. Last question. Heck boy, how come the MTG community doesn't talk about raising the sideboard card limit? Is it not an effective way to combat degeneracy while also making games more interactive? Or do games become worse because people draw their sideboard hate more?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a complicated issue because of the reasons that you stated. Like, uh, 15, there was an argument for a while about raising it to 20 for a format like Modern, and I don't feel like there was ever any consensus on it. Some people felt like it would be a good thing because it lets you have more answers to a wider range of decks in a format that has a ton of different playable decks other people exactly like you said were like well now i can play all the hate cards and it's just going to be hate card versus hate card all the time i don't know i've never really thought deeply about it (laughs) either of you have opinions on it no i i I, did at the time now 100
1: (laughs) no we have so many hateful color cards can you imagine like if your opponent could just put four veil of summers in their sideboard no, or no. you know what i've been playing recently choke and boil can you imagine if i could just <laughs> fill out my sideboard with them just for your match like oh you tapped out on turn four sorry game's over <laughs> right like you do not <laughs> the cards are too hateful like i don't think i think we should like lower the number of sideboards <laughs> no no
2: no 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 15 is just fine and I and do you play the boil because of all the dryad of Elysium? Or I, I, so
1: I, I played it originally for the Mystic Sanctuaries, but then it just randomly hits dryad <laughs> of Elysium too. So I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> right? Like, yes, I'll just leave your 2, 3, or 2, 4, or whatever on the battlefield. I don't care about that. And then just boil them. <laughs> yeah. End of turn, boil. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do you want to keep going? I can keep going.
2: <laughs> I, I think... At a point, I did want it to get increased. Maybe not to like 20, but like like 18 cards. I think like three more cards wouldn't be that bad, right? And, and But then I thought about it. It's like, what would I do with those additional slots? And all I thought was hate out Tron more so
1: like it, it would like, make like, mid-range <laughs> decks the best decks I believe
2: right it like legitimately because I if I just put eight side like, 12 uh, like
1: graveyard hate cards in my sideboard I'm like there's no no graveyard deck would ever survive this right or if I put like eight anti-storm cards in my sideboard like you, you just cannot beat this in any way the only way to beat this is to play like a fair mid-range deck and like duke it out so I think it would actually limit our diversity rather than increase it, if we have too many sideboard slots combo decks board into mid-range
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. splinter
1: twin that's splinter twin right there <laughs>
2: yeah every deck is splinter twin
1: <laughs> all right that's all our fish mail this week thank you to everyone who sent them in if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish And we'll get to your questions on air.
0: And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 269 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. So, we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. So, until then, stay safe, everyone. And this is Drew signing out.